Hello there, besties. I hope you all are having a great day. My name is Sarah, and welcome back to another episode of My Roman Empires. I'm so happy and so thankful that you are here. Elephant in the room, I did not upload on Tuesday. I decided not to make an announcement or share anything because I didn't really want to draw too much attention to it, but I have made the decision that I am only going to upload one podcast episode per week, at least for the foreseeable future. So getting us through the rest of December and January and then Once things settle down a little bit, I am open to the idea of doing Tuesday and Thursday episodes. It really just depends on what my life looks like at that point and what I have on my plate. I love this podcast. I This is my favorite project that I'm working on on social media right now, but it's it's hard. It's hard. It's time consuming. Um, you know, I, I have to come up with these ideas to talk about and then I sit down and record them and then I edit. And then there's a lot after that that goes into it. And I was feeling very overwhelmed and like a little disappointed that my listens weren't staying consistent with what they were for the first episode. So I really just, I got myself overworked last week. I mean, I've shared before, like this is busy season for my regular eight to five job. I'm doing Vlogmas and advent calendars. So we, we should have known. And by we, I mean me, I should have known that it was not sustainable. So open to it in the future, but for now, we're just going to stick with Thursday episodes and I, I hope that's okay but I understand if it's not. I actually have quite a few different topic ideas written down in top of mind for future episodes, which is exciting. And I think that taking a little bit of a break helped with that. It gave me time to not be like, all right, I'm going to rush and sit down and just word vomit out as much as I can and then edit really quick and then throw the episode up and then promote it a couple times and then kind of just give up and move on. Like I'm actually able to really put a lot of thought and effort into the Roman empires that I'm talking about and quality over quantity, baby. That's, that's the way to go. So today we are going to talk about my Roman empire of 2019, which by far is the most eventful transformational year that I've had in a really really long time possibly the most transformational year I've had in my entire life so far and so we'll just go through and we'll kind of break down the many many different things that happened to me in 2019 um because let's be real the fact that we are very very close to saying 2019 was five years ago is enough to make me want to like projectile vomit everywhere. (laughs) Just saying, like I graduated college five years ago. I might as well like start picking up my retirement home now. Like I am old and boring and irrelevant. (laughs) So let's talk about 2019, aka probably my last year of relevancy. (laughs) So as you can probably guess, I graduated college in 2019. So starting in January and really January through May was pretty uneventful. Um, It was really just me going through my last semester and I was super involved in college and I had a very robust like friend group and social life, which is kind of hard to believe now because five years later, I don't have much of a social life but I was like going out to bars every weekend with friends and I was super involved in different clubs and you know I was I was pretty well known within the communities that I was a part of um and I was a really really hard worker like point blank period but I also like to have fun and I think my senior year was 
especially second semester was really just like let's throw as much fun <laughs> in every sense of the word as much chaos out into the void as we possibly can I think I've shared before that I didn't date in high school so I was convinced because everyone told me oh you didn't date in high school that's okay you're gonna date in college you're gonna find your future husband in college yada 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 so last semester of college which was January through May of 2019 I was incredibly desperate to find that person incredibly desperate because I honestly for so long thought that was just the life path I was going to take you know I was going to find somebody in college and then we were gonna you know start dating in college and then we were gonna graduate and move to a new city together and continue today and then eventually get engaged and get married and have babies and I mean my life didn't end up much different than that because I, I did meet my now husband in 2019. It was just after graduating. Um, but there was a lot of like feeling disappointed, feeling down for myself, feeling like, oh my God, I'm going to be single forever present in 2019. And uh, similar to like throwing as much fun and chaos at the wall and just seeing what sticked. I think in the early parts of 2019, I was throwing myself and my heart into what we can call them relationships. I was participating in. Um, I know early 2019, like very early, I was still talking to my ex who I dated when I was a freshman. Like here I am in my last semester of college, still trying to make things work with the guy that I dated in summer of 2016. And we were doing our typical toxic on again, off again. And by on again, off again, I mean talk for a few weeks and then hang out once and then slowly stop talking and yeah it was it was not good not healthy um and essentially y'all want some real tea I'll spell it for you in January and February of 2019 we were still talking like I saw him over the holiday break I went and stayed with him at his place and he I remember the last time we ever talked, I think it was just like the random middle of the week. And I remember I had gone out to the bar because they had like $1.50 drinks on Tuesdays. So I went out to the bar with a friend and then I came home and I was super, super drunk, of course. And I was on Facebook Messenger video call with him talking in the middle of the night until I fell asleep and then he kind of started pulling himself a little bit away from me later the next day and then by the end of that week he was in a relationship he started dating someone who he is now engaged to and like they have been dating ever since then so you know good for him. Like, I don't have any bad blood now. I just, it shows a, a really big red flag that he was still, like, flirting with me, seeing me, talking to me. Literally from 2016 through 2019, on and off and on and off and on and off. And here he is getting in a relationship with a girl that he is now planning on marrying. I mean, it was years ago, so it's probably irrelevant to him now, but, like, if I was her and I knew that, I would be upset. And I don't think she knows that. Because just like he was with me, he was real quick to switch that Facebook relationship status to say, like, there was not a lot when I first got with my ex of, like, 
what are we? Are we dating? Are we not? No, we were just dating. And I think that was very similar with his now fiance. And they worked out. So it's great. And like, I am genuinely happy for them. But just like pulling out these red flag patterns, you know what I mean? Makes me wonder who is he talking to and staying up and FaceTiming and running around to see at 3 a.m. leading up to the days before we started dating. I don't know. I don't know. Food for thought. It's it's so like it makes me feel like I've truly grown as a person to be able to reflect on this situation and even like pull back to like 2015, 2016 when we started dating and see the toxic pattern that he continued. The It's all or nothing. And if it's all, it's going to be all like that present. I'm proud of myself for finally like being able to, to pull the rose colored glasses that I don't even know why they were rose colored away and be able to look back on that. Anyways, all that to say, like my last semester of college, I don't have a lot of huge core memories. I do know a lot of my friendships fell apart. I was not friends with the greatest people in college necessarily, and I don't have bad blood for anyone anymore, but like college friendships can be a little toxic, you know, they can be a little petty, like someone does something to piss you off one night, and you're done, like you're just, you're not gonna associate with them like you used to. I have been ghosted by so many people that I considered friends, and a lot of that happened during my last semester. I originally shared in my ex-best friends episode that I decided to scrap pretty early on, an example is someone that I had been friends with since freshman year. I knew her and like we became close, more close during sophomore year, but I'd known her all four years and we became super close. Like I would go and stay with her family over the summer and her family would take me with them on trips to Chicago and like spoiled me for my birthday. And this was just someone that I imagined being my friend for ever for the rest of my life and she just up and ghosted me the last time I talked to her was on valentine's day because her and I were gonna go to the bar together because the local bar was like giving out free t-shirts and they were thank you next themed uh which I was a huge Ariana Grande fan back then so I really wanted to go get them and like she made the plans with me and was like so excited she had a boyfriend, but he did not go to school with us and lived like back at home. But she bailed on me day of. Like we were going to go to the bar at seven and she texted me at 430 and was like, yeah, I'm so sorry. Something came up. I can't come. And that had been a pattern with her for months. Like every weekend I would make plans with her and then she would bail on me on Saturday at 5 p.m. And I would be left like with my Saturday night with nothing to do. And that was a shitty feeling. That was the last time because I stopped reaching out after that to try to make plans and it just kind of fizzled out and we have never spoken again. So that's something that happened during the second semester of college. Uh, graduation for me, um, if you don't know, I am a first generation college student. I'm the first person in my family to graduate. At my graduation present was my mom, my grandma, my sister, my mom's boyfriend, aka my sister's dad. I don't think my brother came because he had a newborn baby, but I did have family from my mom's side present. No one from my dad's side came. My grandma had passed away in 2017. Otherwise, I know she would have been there. My dad was not there. Graduation day, I remember the night before graduation meeting up with someone who I had a situation ship from sophomore year to senior year uh, and he did go to school with me and he was also about to graduate the next day and I remember meeting up with him for one last time and like hanging out and drinking and you know talking and it was awful it was the worst like he was like high and like being an ass and it was awful. And I just, he lives in Texas now, as far as I'm aware, or he did 
when we moved. Um, and I have him on Snapchat now, but we don't communicate, haven't communicated in years. Um, but I just remember like literally like shutting my dorm room door after he left and being like, DM, like that was like really bad. And I think that showed that the whole situation that we had was really bad. So I got a little bit of closure with that literally the night before I graduated. And then I woke up and I remember taking my last dorm shower and like getting my hair ready and getting ready. And I moved most of my stuff out. My mom had actually come up earlier that week and we had taken most of the stuff out. So we didn't have to worry about it the day of graduation. Um, so I remember just getting the bare minimum out, checking out and then going over to the gym on campus where my college was holding their graduation ceremony and graduating and going on stage and and getting my diploma. They had really good photographers and stuff and they got pictures of everybody. So I still have really nice photos of me from graduating and I looked I looked really good in my hair. My curls were curling, let me tell you that. I looked good. Um and then I remember we came, we left and I don't know if I've been back on campus since. I don't know if I've been back. I don't think I have, which is crazy, crazy. Cause you could spend your entire life for four years living somewhere. Like I did on, I lived on campus for four years. I was there all the time. I rarely went home on breaks. Like that was my home for four years. And then I graduated and never went back. I need to go back. I need to go back. I miss it. I remember after graduation, we like walked around campus and took some pictures. And then my big after graduation meal was Burger King, which tells you everything you need to know. Um, my mom got me a rubber duck from the Dollar Tree that had a graduation hat and said 2019. That was my college graduation gift. I didn't have a graduation party. I didn't want to because I knew like none of my friends from college would come and like no one really came to my high school graduation party either. And those people lived in town. Like I knew people weren't going to drive hours to come see me. Um, So I just, I was done. And then I went to CVS in my hometown and I bought a really disgusting liquor. It was like a cherry liquor that I wanted to make cherry Coke, but it ended up just not being good. I'd had it before and I liked it more, or at least I thought I did. I really didn't. And the drink was just not, not good. So I only had like two, so I didn't even party. I just kind of continued on. And then Okay, so my post-college big girl job, right? My first job with for my actual career started in July. And I was moving to India on July 1st. But this is May. Okay, May to July, two months. I could not afford to take those two months off and just not work. I was paying for everything by myself, which meant I was paying for all of my moving expenses. I was paying for my rent. And I knew that my job that I was going into was stipend and it was a very low stipend I really just took the job to get out get an experience it was the only thing I had offered but I also really wanted to do it because I was passionate all I have to say I didn't do it for the money I did it for other reasons but I knew I needed to save up as much money as I could so I got a job at McDonald's in my hometown because I'd worked there throughout high school and college. My mom had worked there for over 20 years. She had a really good relationship with like the owners and the manager. Like she was really well known. So I was able to get in. I was a little McDonald's Nepo baby, I guess. Um, <laughs> I've never called it that before. And it's so funny. Uh, McDonald's Nepo baby. They didn't put me on the schedule or anything. They just told me to come in with my mom and they were actually doing construction over the summer so their lobby would be closed. So it would be drive-through only. They were adding the, the kiosks, at, like the self-order kiosks and stuff. And construction started literally the first day that I was working that Monday after graduating college on Saturday. So we walk in, we just walk in the front door, even though the lobby is closed, it's unlocked. And, you know, there's an active construction site and they're just having us walk through. And there's this like 
plastic curtain hanging up dividing the active construction zone where they're remodeling the lobby and then the area where we were making people's food and working and handing it out the drive through All of this, by the way, I just want to say so we don't get sued, is just my perspective and my opinion and like cannot be indisputable fact. Just throwing that out there. I don't want to get sued. So I was working eight to four with my mom. So I come in, it's breakfast and the, ma- the shift manager had no idea I was coming in because I wasn't on the schedule. So she just wrote my name down and like had me like bacon pies and like toasted muffins like kind of just doing whatever to help out nothing crazy and then she sends me on break before it's even lunchtime so within like an hour an hour and a half of me being there she sends me on break so I know I'm not making it through this whole day I know I'm not needed I mean it's a Monday it's not that busy and so I take my break and then I come back and I kind of drag my feet because I'm like okay I really don't want to be working here, but I have to. And I come back and I clock in and it's pretty much lunchtime and she has me on fries, which is totally fine. Fries was the position that typically, you know, you'd put people who were a bit newer on. Literally all you have to do is just cook fries and put them in the boxes and have them ready. You know, you obviously have to pay attention to like what's being ordered, but still it's it's pretty pretty self-explanatory and a lot of times at our store if you were on fries you would also be the one that would run the orders out if the, we asked someone in the drive-thru to like park or pull forward and that's exactly what happened I'd been working lunch for maybe 15-20 minutes and started to pick up and it was a bit of a rush nothing crazy but a bit of a rush compared to what it had been and I get asked to take a held order out and I'm like okay do you want me to walk out the front door through the active construction zone with these people's food, like peel this curtain back and just walk on out there. And they said, yeah, because the, I want to say he was like a district manager or something like that. Some higher up guy in the franchise was there because it was day one. And he told the shift manager, we need to be running food out the front door because it would take so much longer to walk out the back door. And they really shouldn't have been pulling people, honestly. They shouldn't have been at all or they should have had some an employee outside which is what they ended up doing once they worked things out a bit more like having an employee outside and you can hand that employee the food and drinks and they just stay outside and walk to the cars that they pull anyways so I had to be the first person to run a held order out through this chaos and I go out there and I hand it and it's two older ladies and I'm like there you go have a good day and they tell me that they didn't get their straws I'm like, okay, let me get those for you. Um, They should have been handed their straws at the window, but whatever. So I'm walking back in. I'm kind of in a hurry because like we're busy and I'm like getting a little stressed because I take this shit too seriously because y'all know how I am. I can't take anything too seriously. And then I'm walking back in and I'm peeling this curtain back and I trip and I fall. And trigger warning, we're going to talk about an injury here. I broke my nose. Um, Not only that, but there's like blood everywhere. My mom is working. So the manager yells for my mom and she comes up and she's like freaking out. And they end up calling an ambulance and I get taken in an ambulance to the emergency room. My only thought when I fell and I got hurt was like, come on, Sarah, don't like, I thought I was going to like knock my head out. Like I thought I might die. Like I just hit my head full on on concrete ow like the smack hard and the whole time I was like just don't lose consciousness like talking to myself coaching myself like you're okay like you'll be okay the the manager insisted that I take this ambulance and I get to the emergency room and they take me back right away I get in a room I'm starting to get like dizzy and like feeling funny and like they didn't know if I had a concussion. They didn't know if I broke my nose or not. Like they didn't know what was going on. Eventually my mom comes and she spends the day with me. I'm there literally all day like waiting and my nose is actively bleeding all day and it's it's disgusting. Like it's swollen. There's cuts. My eyes are bruised. Like my whole face is pretty fucked up. And I get like a like CAT scan or MRI done. Um, 
and I'm pretty other than that I'm pretty much just laying there waiting and the whole time I'm like you know I'm not gonna push anything but I want workers comp I want workers comp to pay my hospital bills and I think I did get a few days comped maybe or might have been out the money honestly I don't remember if I got like any workers comp for the days that I was told I couldn't work by a doctor it was so long ago that detail is kind of out of it essentially I worked out one day and I couldn't go back for like two weeks because I had a broken nose and that sucked so I was just pretty much at home and then they had my birthday. I want to say like my birthday was one of the last days I had off. My birthday is the 15th. So I was off for, yeah, about two weeks. Um, and, you know, I didn't do much for my birthday. I ended up hanging out with my bestie girl, Ashley. We just kind of hung out and drank wine and played games at her house. But I had a very broken nose. And for the longest time, my face was swollen I had to put like makeup on to even feel comfortable leaving the house, which I'm not the kind of person that has to wear makeup to feel comfortable. Like that's not how I am. But I did feel that way then because I felt so self-conscious about like the bruising and the swelling and and all that. Um, and then, you know, I spent at least a year fighting with the franchise owners to get them to pay my hospital bills because they were like not doing it <laughs> and it was it was getting bad like I with like my lack of education or any sort of knowledge about how to sue somebody was like looking up lawyers and like ready to do this and like finally when I said you know this is the last time I'm reaching out if you don't take get this taken care of I am like pressing charges I never heard anything again so if you're struggling with something like that, threaten to sue, <laughs> threaten to sue. And magically, once I did that, they got their shit together after almost a year and paid the fucking bill. Like the thing is, like I, I could have been fine to be driven to the hospital. I was bleeding, uh, but I did not have a concussion. Oh, I just had a broken nose. I didn't need an ambulance. I think the amount of blood scared everybody and that's why they were so quick so that's how I spent most of my May and then I went back and I started working there and I only lasted like a month because it was just so bad they had a different store manager than they had had for years like a brand new person I don't think she lasted more than like two years and she was a mean mean lady mean Okay. Like the older I get to, the more I'm like, come on. Like, this is just making fucking hamburgers and drinks. And you are going to treat people so poorly and say such nasty things about people. I get it. Like, you're getting treated poorly too. Like, the franchise owners were kind of notorious assholes. But you don't have to be like, you don't have to be like that to people. You don't. You don't. You can manage people. You can get your shit done at your store without being a total ass. And I just felt like she was. And the workplace was really toxic. And I was just not fitting in like I did when I worked there in high school at all. I pretty much just didn't talk to anybody. I just minded my own business and was just scooting through. And it just became so mentally draining. And you know, I was about to like completely change my life by moving and starting my career. And I was just done. So I, I quit. <laughs> I quit. And then I sold defeat pictures online for money for a month to help pay to be able to move. <laughs> just being honest. <laughs> just being honest. Um, And then I moved. I moved on July 1st. And I think that is a really good place to take a break. So I'm going to take a real quick break here. And then when we get back into it, we're going to talk about the move, my new life in Indy, making friends in Indy, starting my job, and eventually meeting my future husband. The juicy parts are coming, my friends. We'll be back after this break. Hey besties, we're back. I'm recording this on Tuesday. December 12th and 
today is just going by so incredibly fast. I feel like I just woke up like two hours ago and it's 2.30 p.m. Crazy, crazy. Anyways, let's wrap up this year that lives in my mind rent-free all the damn time that I cannot believe is almost five years ago, 2019. So let's start with July. I moved from my little bitty hometown in Indiana to downtown Indianapolis on July 1st, 2019. I lived in a little one-bedroom apartment just north of downtown by myself. I honestly got very, very lucky with that apartment. Number one, because it was the only apartment I toured. Well, it was the only company I toured with. They had two different locations that I looked at, but I was able to get one of the two. And I actually was looking back through old emails a while back. And I realized that originally they had told me that the apartment that I ended up getting, there wasn't any units available. So this particular unit that I got, I kind of lucked upon getting it. It was very, very small looking back on it now, um, but it was a garden level apartment. So it was down on the very lower level and I had like, I could go through this gate or I could walk inside the building and then walk out and then down some stairs and then get to the garden apartments. Or I could just walk through this gate and walk down two stairs and then boom, you're right there at my apartment. And there were like five of us on the garden level. Mine was on the very end. And then you walk in and I remember there was a little, like you walk in the front door, which was glass. And there was a little space right there where you could set up like a coat rack or a shoe rack, which is kind of what I ended up doing. And then there was a closet to the right. And I just put like random like storage shit in there and then you come in and you're immediately in the living room and the living room is very small and then you kind of walk forward a little and to your right is the kitchen which was even smaller there wasn't really a dining room the kitchen was very basic um and then I had my one bedroom over on the left side and next to that was my bathroom and the apartment was nothing fancy because it was a garden apartment. The ceilings were actually rather low, which I mean, I'm only five foot five, so I, it didn't really affect me. But when Matt started coming over, he's six foot. He that was like one of the first things he commented on was how low my ceiling was. It was just very small. But when I moved to Indianapolis, I didn't have that much stuff. And it was literally just me. I just needed a space to sleep, <laughs> to cook, to exist when I wasn't working. And it was it was good enough. And it was right at the max of my budget that I could afford. I remember I for most of my time until I made a couple friends, I just sat around my apartment. <laughs> I didn't have Wi-Fi because I come from a family where we didn't have Wi-Fi in my house growing up. We were like a bare essentials kind of family. So I went in with this like bare essentials mindset. I didn't have Wi-Fi. So like I couldn't like stream, watch TV. I remember watching the Big Brother finale on my iPhone, like with LTE service because I didn't have Wi-Fi. I did eventually get Wi-Fi in October, but at first I, I didn't have it. I had like the bare minimum for everything. My bed that I had was my like beaten down childhood bed like a mattress that literally had the springs popping through and it was a twin size bed that's that's all I had and like I had like random free or really cheap furniture that fa my family gave me I had a futon that I bought for 50 bucks off of a girl that I went to high school with I had a coffee table that we still use to this day, <laughs> just a random basic ass, plain ass 
coffee table that I bought for $5 from a yard sale back in my hometown. And I still have it almost five years later. And I didn't have a car. So I didn't really get out or go a lot of places. My mom came once a month to drive me to Aldi to get groceries. And then, like I said, like I started dating Matt in October. So from October on, like he was there and he had a car and I didn't have to rely on my mom as my only source of transportation or taking Ubers. And like my mom lived like over an hour away and we were starting to grow apart and all that. So it's not like she was there that much, but she did help me out when, you know, I had to go grocery shopping. Um I, I honestly, like looking back on it, I went with so little. I just knew I wanted to get away and I had to get away and I wanted to do this and I just left. And I don't know if I ever take the time to uh, like recognize how resilient and how strong I was during those first few months in 2019 by myself, you know, Moving to a new city is scary, but moving when you don't have a car, you only make enough money to pay your bills, you live by yourself, you don't have friends in that city, like, but moving because you want to start your career and you want to break this cycle and you want these new opportunities and you're confident in, in yourself enough to believe in your abilities to succeed, even if it seems a little delusional, like I'm, I'm really, really proud of myself. And that's actually the first time I've ever vocalized that because when I look back on it now, and like, I think about like how much I've changed over the past almost five years, how much my perspective on the world and my mental health, especially my anxiety is so much stronger now than it used to be. Um, I don't think I would do it now. <laughs> I don't think if the opportunity presented itself to move to a new city on my own for my dream job and get by with barely anything, I don't think I'm strong enough now to do it. But back then I sure as hell was. And it was because of my strength and my willingness to do the scary things and to do them alone that I am in the place that I am in today, that I'm a cycle breaker, that I have this peace and this quiet life that I've been searching for for so long. So, wow. I'm, I'm just really, really proud of myself. I am. I am. Um, my job that I started was at a nonprofit and I'm not going to give too much detail because I try to keep as much boundaries for my career and my social media hobby slash second job, whatever you want to call it. Um, I try to keep as much boundaries as I possibly can, but I was doing this year long program. So like it was like contracted to be a year with the living stipend, but this job was really great. The coworkers there were amazing. They were really, really sweet, really supportive, really welcoming of me, like genuinely like really great people. I loved what I was doing. I felt very connected to that mission and I loved the organization and I thought my actual job was something I was good at and I enjoyed doing and like it it was fun. Like I, I honestly miss that role so much. And I wish I could find a role that's a little bit more similar to that, where essentially I'm just working at a nonprofit and I'm doing a lot of operations-based work, but I'm just kind of like helping out in many different areas and owning a bunch of different fun projects, literally like project manager for a nonprofit. And it was, it was really fun. It was a genuinely great experience. It solidified my career interests or at least my career interests that I've had for the first five years of my career. Don't ask me what I want to do in the future because I don't know. So really July, August are pretty much spent working and then on the weekends, not doing a lot. Or if I did do anything, I was either going on like a romantic day and like meeting up with a guy, trying to get in a relationship, uh, you know, same old thing I was doing in college, 
except this time it did work out we're almost there or I was going on like Bumble BFF friend dates and I made a couple friends during that time one of them her and I became pretty close but then you know got the feeling that she didn't enjoy going out with me that much anymore and that's like all she kind of wanted to do with me was like use me as a friend to go out with if she didn't have anyone else to go out with um and then I think she yeah got the vibe she didn't enjoy going out with me as much so we kind of grew apart but like no bad blood she's actually getting married very soon to the guy that she started dating in summer 2019 <laughs> that she met just a couple months before I met Matt so that's really sweet um and we kind of share that bond of us meeting our future husbands right around the time that we knew each other and then I made another friend off Bumble BFF which I talked about in excruciating detail in the ex best friends episode that will never be published um and let's just say that was not a good experience and left me with a lot of friendship trauma Maybe one day I'll talk about it because it is a Roman empire for me. And almost five years later, it still impacts my life and my social anxieties in a lot of ways. But all that to say, I was like, I was going out, I was partying, I was, you know, meeting people in a new city and like trying to be social and fun and, and 22 years old, you know. And then I met Matt. Matt and I met off Bumble in late September our first day was after work one day, actually on a Thursday, and it was at a coffee shop near the place that I worked at um, that I managed to somehow get lost walking to, even though it was like a six minute walk. Um, I managed to get lost and it was it was Quill's Coffee. Um, they're not open anymore, though, but it was our location by the, the canal in downtown Indy. And I remember walking over there and walking down the canal. And then I had to walk up this really big set of stairs because I actually walked on the canal when I should have not gone on the canal. Like I went too far, you know, because I somehow managed to get lost in that five minute walk. <laughs> um, and it's so funny because the first time like Matt and I ever met is him watching me awkwardly walk up these stairs to him. And then we went and got coffee um and just chatted got to know each other and then we went for a little walk it was really fun and he actually gave me a ride home which was nice and this whole day is a roman empire for me it lives in my head i think about it all the time i can remember that i was wearing you know i remember after he dropped me off i ordered papa john's pizza for dinner because it was late and i didn't want to cook um, and then spent like 20 minutes thinking about him and how I really, really liked him, but I didn't want to come on too soon and too eager and like text him too soon after. And I only made it like 30 minutes. Like, I don't even know if he made it to his house by the time I was texting him. So that's how well that went. But, um, we hit it off like instantly. And then we hung out on Saturday he picked me up and we got lunch at Brew Burger and we just walked around Mass Ave and talked together. And then he actually went to the local liquor store that was right down the street from my apartment that I frequented. And like I picked up liquor because I was going out with one of my friends that night. And then um, the next day I was hungover as fuck. And he picked me up and we went to the fashion mall at Keystone in Indy and he bought me Starbucks <laughs> because I was being a whiny bitch, honestly. And I was just like, cause I was hungover and I wasn't planning on leaving my house and walking around and going to the mall all day, but I really, really liked Matt and I wanted to spend time with him. The Our first kiss happened after a full day long date in which we went to a pumpkin patch together and like we did all the cute stereotypical fall stuff got some apples and other goodies and apple cider slushies and then we got some pumpkins and then we went to target and i remember i bought a cheap like five dollar bottle of wine and then we went back to his house and he like made me little like 
fried wontons for the first time and that started a whole fried wontons obsession but then I was bound and determined that I was going to kiss him that day and then we go sit in the living room and we watch YouTube videos and we didn't kiss there and then he's like you know it's getting late it's like 10 p.m on the Sunday I have to work the next day let me take you home and so he drives me home and then I'm still like crying because I drank an entire bottle of wine I shouldn't have and he like walks me up to the door and he's like you know being jokey and like dorky and I am too and I'm calming down and stuff and then we stand outside my front door for like five minutes and then we finally kiss <laughs> finally kiss and then we leave he leaves and I'm like giddy and like over the moon um later that week he comes over and he cooks for me the first time he makes me like breakfast food and then I think by the next weekend we were officially dating which the day we officially started dating was I took a day off. It was a Friday and then he came over and we hung out the whole day, literally the whole day. <laughs> like we were, our dates were not just like, let's grab dinner or coffee or, you know, watch a movie or something. It was let's hang out from noon until midnight, but then still think that the other person doesn't like, doesn't like me, you know? Um, <laughs> um, so the day we started dating, he came over and we ate dinner and hung out. Then we were going to go to bars together and just go drinking and stuff. And we did that. And then uh, we ended up, we officially started dating when we were both drunk in a bar in Broad Ripple. I'm not going to say which one because it's embarrassing. Um, but we like confirmed when we were sober. We're like, we still agree to this. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, the next day after we officially started dating, we were going to go get Taco Bell because we both had hangovers and Taco Bell was my like go-to hangover cure at the time. And, um, his car battery died. I didn't have any tools. He didn't have any tools with him. Some random weird man in my apartment complex helped him. It took literally all day day like he was working on it from like 11 a.m when we were going to go to Taco Bell and they didn't get done until like five we had to like uber to get a new battery for his car and then we ended up driving up to meet his mom and his stepdad for the first time and then just see where he's from and all that and yeah the rest is history. The rest is history. So that was my October. Um, and then I think I've shared this before. Again, I don't remember if it's made the air, <laughs> but I feel like at some point in my online platform, I have talked about uh, us moving in together pretty quickly. Um, so what ended up happening, horrible roommate situation from the start, like they had barely said hello to me and they just decided they did not like me. And anytime I would come over, they would complain if Matt did like laundry or like had me over and I like laughed and it was after like 7 PM, they would send him condescending text messages. Like we weren't allowed to do anything, I guess. And it was bad before I came into the picture like really from the moment they started living together which if you didn't know Matt and I moved to the same city on the same day we both moved to Indianapolis on July 1st that invisible string just it brought us together totally different reasons and we somehow managed to still find each other but Matt told me before even I came into the picture like if he didn't wash a dish right after he finished cooking before he ate he would get text messages like, you need to clean up after yourself. Meanwhile, one of them had just gotten into a new relationship as well and was having the boyfriend over almost every day to where he was almost essentially living there for a while, like using utilities that he wasn't paying. Um, And it just, it continually got worse. It was bad. So he had to get out. Um, Yeah, he had to leave. And thankfully, my apartment complex let me transfer to another unit uh, that had two bedrooms because, you know, moving in together early, so early is a big, big risk. And I recognize that. I recognize it could have worked out really poorly. The only reason that I agreed to do it is because from the get-go, he was like, I want two separate rooms, like, that way in case anything happens, like, 
we have our space and like we're only committed through July. Like it wasn't a full year at this point. Um, So if something happens, like I will at the minimum pay my rent through July and I trust them and I trusted, you know, our relationship to work out. And I'm not going to sit here and say that the whole time from the day we moved in together has been sunshine and rainbows. And I've never thought we were going to have to take a break or, you know, we never had an argument that made me think, did I make a mistake by moving in too early? Like, I'm not going to sit here and like act like our relationship was perfect because it wasn't. But for the most part, like, I think that the reason why our relationship is so strong and so stable and so peaceful and so good four years in is because we have pretty much been doing the same thing for four years. We didn't really have that long of a phase of our relationship where we weren't living together, where we weren't seeing each other every day, where we weren't splitting household chores and responsibilities. And we weren't taking care of pets because we ended up getting Bonnie right around end of November. Yeah, I got a dog. This dog came into my life who I love dearly. Um, We've just been doing it for so long and we have such, such a good understanding of each other, especially with so much of it being during the pandemic. We had just started dating. We hadn't even hit six months, actually. And then we're in lockdown and we have to spend 24-7 together. Like, uh, (laughs) that's a lot. That's a lot at once. And if if he didn't have good intentions and I didn't have good intentions and we weren't compatible people, like it would not have worked out and it would have been a big mistake. So I'm not saying do what I do, but you know, your gut, you know what they say about the female intuition. And I knew from like the first time I talked to Matt, especially in person, like he is such a pure kind hearted person, kind hearted person. Like if he wasn't interested in me, he would tell me and he would, not like lead me on or lead me astray or anything like that he's a very respectful person um and that still reigns true today again not saying our relationship is perfect but it's based on this foundation of like pure intentions and respect and genuine love for one another coupled with the fact that we have been splitting like domestic chores and life and a living space for four years like that's why it's as strong as it is now and I'm really really proud of us and grateful that we have that and I feel like I love to sprinkle in trying to conceive into these episodes when I can but you know when I think about wanting to get pregnant and start our family and why I have been so adamant for so long like I know Matt is going to be an amazing dad I know that I want to raise a child with him, at least one, um, is because I have seen the care and the love that he has given to me and to our pets and to our home and the effort that he puts in. And I know that that is exactly what I want our child to have from a father figure. And it's very healing for me too, especially as someone who had a very, very, very absent father and a neglectful mother that I see that I have a partner who is someone who will be present and active and engaged. And that's really reassuring. Um, really reassuring we had dog in 2019 we got bonnie um she is my best friend my girly pup i love her so much we got her from the indianapolis shelter and her story is kind of funny so one day we were just looking at beagles online um and we saw that the next day there was going to be an adoption event for this beagle named pocket and so we went to go to this adoption event and it was at like a boarding place and they essentially had two dogs that they had up for adoption and i think they would do different dogs like every so many weeks they would have these adoption events And the turnout for this beagle was insane. There was probably 10, 12 
families there that were interested in the Beagle. And all this to say, we did not get picked. We were actually treated very poorly from the get-go. I think that this situation, in my opinion, it seemed like the woman who was leading the events didn't expect or prepare for multiple families to be interested in adopting this one dog. I feel like it was a smaller thing in the past. And then, oh, but we have this cute little beagle puppy and now people have interest. And she almost made it seem like it was first come, first serve. So because another family walked in before everyone else, they were entitled to this dog and then it also does not help that they are the only white nuclear family present like they are the only white family that has the mom the dad and the kids like there was like a woman by herself there was like a single mom and a daughter there was another young couple and all of us were kind of just ignored but then Matt and I were called out almost immediately because this dog was not allowed to go to an apartment and we lived in an apartment this literally mini beagle was not allowed to go to an apartment. And I understand, like, beagles do howl. They are loud. But you're really going to tell someone that they can't have a beagle because they li- they can't have this dog because they live in an apartment. It really just felt like they were coming up with excuses to disqualify everyone except for the family. And I don't know what happened because we, we got up and left as soon as the woman made the apartment combat. And that was just a really bad day, too. That was during my phase of, like... I was really struggling with like emotional regulation and stuff like that. Um, and I was just like not doing well mentally. So I had a really bad day, bad day. And so did Matt. And so we were looking at just the regular animal shelter and we were like, you know what, let's just go to the shelter and look at the dogs and the cats and just check it out and see what they have and just go from there. We go in and I'd never been to the shelter before for um and it's just full of dogs like and they just all look so sad most of them were pit bulls most of them were bigger dogs and we did not want a bigger dog wasn't against a pit bull by any means but we needed a smaller dog so there were two dogs that we saw there that fit our criteria one of them was bonnie And the other was named Piccolo. (laughs) And we actually took Piccolo out first. Piccolo was really cute, though. And Piccolo was small. Piccolo was probably about 30 pounds. And we took Piccolo out back to, like, their little play area where you can just get to know the dog, take him for a walk, let him get some time outside. And we took Piccolo out and we let her off the leash. And she just sat there. She just sat there and looked at us. And, like, she was, like, listened really well. Like, it was easy to walk. Like, was really sweet. But she was boring. <laughs> I'm sorry. That dog is giving nothing. But good news is there was actually an older couple that ended up adopting Piccolo the day that we adopted Bonnie. Um, so then we saw Bonnie. And we loved her instantly. The second that we took her outside and she immediately just jumped on this little like plaything that they had this like ramp that the dogs could jump on and stood on the top and got on Matt's shoulders and started licking his face and giving him kisses and the whole time she was just so wiggly and excited and and grateful that we took her outside and she was a sweetie and both of us instantly were like we have to get this dog. We have to get this dog. And I mean, we were not prepared for dog. Like we did not go into that saying we were going to take a dog home. So thankfully they let us come back the next day and get her. Um, she also had stitches that had to be removed because she had an injury on the back of her neck that was still healing. Um, so they were supposed to remove them the next day, but they didn't end up doing it until right before we left. But that night, you know, 
we go and we get a bed and we get food and we get all the essentials that we need to prepare for this dog. And then I go to work on Monday and I work and then I ended up leaving a little bit early so we can make it to the shelter in time. And then we go and we get her and we took her home and it was great. And she immediately like jumped in my bed and wanted to sleep with me um which I only had that little dinky twin bed uh so her and I did not fit and so she went out and slept on my futon with Matt um not in her dog bed she slept on top of Matt I remember Matt saying to me you know when you get a new dog from the shelter like just so you know like they can be a little apprehensive at first like she may not eat or drink for a couple days like don't don't get too scared like she'll be all right the dog the second we walked in the door and poured her food ate it in like 30 seconds she made herself at home she was so content and so happy uh, we got her a plain hamburger as a as a freedom burger from McDonald's and she like ate it in like 30 seconds like seriously she made herself at home and the rest was history <laughs> that's really the last big thing that I wanted to note from 2019 um had a really good holiday season with Matt able to see we actually saw both of our families that was actually the last uh holiday that I went to go see my family um wow I can't believe it's almost been five years Wow. Wow. <laughs> um, but all in all, like, as you can tell, so much happened to me in 2019. I had so many stories, so many life events, whether they are me breaking my nose or me meeting my husband and everything in between, like, live rent-free in my mind. I can't believe I almost said lint-free, LOL. <laughs> um, and just made me who I am. You know, it's a time... I always think back, especially summer 2019, like that was a huge transition point. You think the transition point after high school going into college is big for me, like after college going into the rest of life as an adult that's not required to go to school and can really do whatever the fuck she wants. Like that was a big change. And, you know, jumping so quick into a relationship where we quickly moved into each with each other and got a dog and, you know, made some risky decisions that ended up actually paying out for us in the long run. Like, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy how much life can change in a year. It's crazy. Because especially when I look back on 2023, like, this year went by so fast. Like, by far the fastest year of my life so fast and the days feel so short feels like you blink and three months went by but at the same time like years like 2019 that are filled with so many milestones and so many huge core memories like remind me how much life can change in a year January of 2019, Sarah did not know who Matt was, did not know I would have a dog named Bonnie, did not know what job I would end up working, did not know I was going to end up moving out on my own. She didn't know any of that. That became December of 2019 and really on Sarah's life. And that's that's such a crazy reminder and especially you know as we're in the holiday season very very quickly it's going to be 2024 unreal unreal like how much life can change in a short amount of time and even in five years too since it will be five years um in 2024 since 2019 happened so much has happened to me. I, my dad died, never would have been able, thought I would have said that. I pretty much went no contact with most of my family. I got two cats. I got engaged and married. I started TikTok. I moved to a new city. I have a new job that I've had for three years where I make more money than I ever thought I would. 
I am back on medication for my mental health. I'm I'm finding peace and love. I'm losing weight for the first time in my life. Working on my health. I'm I'm preparing to have a baby within the next year, hopefully. It's crazy. It's crazy. January 2019, Sarah would be throwing up right now if she knew all that happened. And yet 2019 only feels like it was just a few months ago. Life is weird. Life is weird. And I will never stop thinking about this year and how impactful it was. And yeah, I'm going to keep rambling if I keep talking. Um, this was a fun episode, and I'm really glad that I got this episode out uh, right around New Year's, a couple weeks before, because uh, I think it's it's very timely to reflect. And I encourage you to pause for a moment and just recognize, like, 2019 was five years ago. I'm throwing the fuck up right now. And then think about how much your life has changed since then. Thank you all for listening, besties. I would absolutely love it if you could give me a five-star review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Be sure if you're not following me already to follow me on TikTok and Instagram. My username is xoxosarah515. And I will also have links to the Google Forms where you can share your Roman Empire with me, as well as the Discord. The Discord has been pretty inactive lately because, honestly, I just have forgotten to be in there. So let's have some new people join so someone can help keep me accountable uh, so we can have a little active group chat and some fun conversations. Thanks again for listening and I have I hope you have a great day. Bye!